You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SaaS professionals that are curious about how other successful SaaS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams and great products. Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SaaS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Søren Skovbølling, the chairman of the board at DigiSuite. This is a hot, hot topic in Denmark right now because some of the IPOs is very, very high value. We have seen valuations on 60 multiplied with the ARR or 60 multiplied with just the, the revenue. Welcome to episode 17 of the SAS Nordic podcast. And uh, hi, Daniel. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you again, Thomas. I love our Thursday morning sessions here. And uh, once again here, we have a fantastic episode ahead of us. But just before we jump into that, uh, I wanted you to give us an update. What's happening in the community? Lots of stuff going on over there. Absolutely. So beside the podcast, we are hosting weekly Clubhouse sessions at 8 o'clock on Fridays, where we cover all kinds of topics from marketing to product-related topics, community-led growth, and a lot of other things. And uh, in the end of this episode, we're going to tell you about the session tomorrow. But besides that, what's really excited is the uh, SaaS Nordic Slack community that was launched two and a half weeks ago. We are about 450 members right now, and there's a lot of activities in the different channels, a lot of discussions going on in the marketing channel. Uh, I think it's the most active so far, but also many positions in the job board if you want to work for a, a Nordic SaaS company, so check that out. And also a lot of activity in the shameless promotion area, so uh, check it out. Love it. There's a lot of, lot of good stuff out there. And it's like one of the members uh, wrote to you and I, Thomas, and she said, it's like a goodie bag for SaaS people. And, and I really feel that, like I, I log in every morning and I get, partake in some of the conversations and before I go to bed, I check the, the, the Slack community. Lots of good stuff in there. So if you want to learn from the best in, in class or if you're simply looking for a new job, dial in, log in, and you'll find some good stuff in there. Yeah, and I think you will find also that the people are really positive, people are sharing their experiences and uh, yeah, we're off to really good start. Definitely, definitely. All right, very cool. So, uh, jumping into today's episode, uh, we've talked about uh, financing, the alternative way of financing, and today we're actually going to talk to a company that just recently went through an IPO two weeks ago. So, Thomas, do you want to do us the great honor to introduce the company and the guest and what we're talking about more in detail today? Absolutely. So, there's a lot happening on the hot Danish tech scene. And a company that we have had some experiences with uh, at our former job at InRiver is DigiSuite. And they, just two weeks ago, they did their IPO. And uh, today we're going to hear about why they chose the IPO route and, and also considerations when doing it, what you need to think about. So let's go and talk to the chairman of the board, Søren. Today we are very happy to have Søren Skovbølling, the chairman of the board at DigiSuite here as a guest at SAS Nordic. So welcome Søren. Thank you. It's really a privilege to have you here because I know it's been a, a hectic and busy week for you, like really a milestone for you and, and your team. But we're going to dig into this in a, in a second here. So really thanks for, for joining us here. Thank you, likewise. And why not start about you telling us a little bit about uh, yourself. Who is Søren? I am a, an entrepreneur, a Danish entrepreneur. I'm 56 years old, so I have been in the game for many years. Wow. I've had uh, 11 companies during the last 20 years together with my wife. So we are 
yeah, kind of a couple, uh, a power couple in in crime, uh, both in in private, uh, the private space and in 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 the business space. So uh, we have been exiting uh, several companies during these years, and uh, others of them are are sold to to others. Uh, but but the, the exit has been quite good uh, for for some of the companies, and now we are in DidiSuite. We have been part of DidiSuite for almost eight years. In the beginning, as sleeping partners, but then we turned over to be very active and net uh, got uh, into the role as CEO back in 2014 because we saw uh, this um, very interesting um, uh, possibility in in uh, in um, making DigiSuite global. Um, they have built a very strong engine. engine in, in, it is a software company, a SaaS company, but they have built a very strong engine, but it was a little bit... Uh, boring to see and, or, and, and to work in because it was a very engineering uh, the way they have built it. So so we have turned around to be very useful, very uh, nice design. Um, so the usability is very high. We have made a very strong solution. And, and uh, so Annette was the CEO for, for uh, three years and then we have employed uh, our our CEO today, Kim, uh, Kim Walters, a very strong um, person within the IT and, and software space in, in, in the Nordics as well. Yeah, that's that's really cool and really impressive. You know, <laughs> I don't know what's more impressive, the having 11 businesses behind you or, or having 11 businesses with your wife and still being together. <laughs> it is, yeah. Really cool. So uh, you just touched upon it a little bit, but uh, tell us about DigiSuite. So for the people that don't know DigiSuite, what do you guys do and what problems do you solve for your customers? Yeah, it, it actually, before we entered the company, it started with broadcasting. So it was streaming. I, I think they actually invented something like Netflix, but they didn't see it. So uh, it was, they were a little bit uh, in, in front of everything. They were very, very innovative in the way they, they made things. So they worked with the Danish broadcasting companies. But over the years, they transformed the company. Uh, it was a project company. They made projects for for business-to-business companies and uh, media companies. And then we turned it into what we call a DAM solution. DAM is digital asset management. So it has always been something about uh, uh, handling digital content like uh, images, videos, uh, streaming services, uh, could be PowerPoints, PDFs, every kind of content. They can handle that or we can handle that uh, in the DAM. So DAM is, is a kind of, of a very um, effective library a strong digital library where you, you can automate any process, uh, both within the library in handling the content, uh, tagging it, uh, making it available for all channels, but also in the distribution. So we can we can be true global with a dam uh, in the in the middle of of uh, of the ecosystem at, at any any large company. So, what kind of customers are you targeting? Is it uh, enterprise or is it uh, more medium-sized companies or? It is enterprise. So all our customers is in the enterprise space. We have some of the largest companies in US. We already have 50% of our revenue streams coming out of US and uh, the other 50% from Europe and, and the Nordics. Um, so some of the largest companies we have are among the, the largest companies in US or in the world, actually. So so some of them, I can, I, I can name some of them. Um, we have MI Homes. It is the second largest home builder in US. We also have Hus company from the Nordics, from Denmark. Hus company, just to put it in, in relation, they, they have built 48,000 houses over the last 40 years. MI Homes built 78,000 houses every year. 
So this is a huge, huge American company. Um, we have DR Horse, and they are the biggest home builder in the U.S. They are listed on the Nasdaq uh, stock exchange in, in U.S. as well. So, so we have some of the largest companies, JLG and Oscos is also a um, Fortune 500 company in, in U.S. So, so many of them are within uh, the manufacturing business to business, where they, we help them distribute all the content they have on a global scale. So, um, so what's the ideal customer? If, if you're going to have the most value out of a solution like DigiSuite, what is your situation? What, what is your major needs? Yeah, uh, it is. You are a, a, an enterprise uh, company. Um, you have probably around 1,000 uh, people and up. Uh, you have a lot of content. Uh, you are in different markets where you have to share the content to, to internal employees or to customers or to, uh, to dealers or whoever it should be. Um, so it is in the enterprise space, it is companies uh, who is ambitious around the content where the content almost have been as, as, as important as, as the product itself. So, so um, we see a lot of um, things coming up. Many companies uh, grow their content uh, space from approximately around um, 10 to 20,000 assets up to millions of, of assets uh, and assets is pieces of content. So we have seen a huge development, almost an explosion in the way you deal with with content because you need, need to be in the in the commerce side, you need to be in the SOMI, uh, social media side, uh, you need to, to to deal with all these channels and you need to, to do it with content. Yep, really cool. And and we know that Sauron, you and your family are, are one of the, the, ma- the major stakeholders in the business. What is your active role in the business day to day, sort of today? Today, I'm, I've, I've been the chairman for, for some years. I've been uh, very active as a chairman, a kind of a working chairman. After the IPO, uh, we need to, to work more uh, within the governance space. So, so I am been a little bit more in, in the background uh, going forward. So the role today is to, uh, to deal with our investor side, uh, have a lot of meetings with the potential and, and existing uh, investors. Um, I have also meetings within the space of which trends do we need to support in the future so i'm very very much in that space because i i think it's so interesting to to know what will hit us and what will hit our customers within the next year or two so that is my my primary roles today all right so could you give us some numbers here about the size of your company and where you're at when it comes to arr and number of customers number of employees and such yeah um, we are uh, just under 60 employees on a global scale. We have employed 15 new uh, members of the DDSB team this year. So we are growing very fast in the employee space. Uh, our revenue, uh, recurring revenue ARR is uh, for the last year 2020 on 25.6 million Danish crowners. So we're still a small company in, in that uh, area. We grow 48% last year and we expect to grow in the same pace for 2021. So our goal is to reach uh, ARR on uh, somewhere between 32 and 35 million Danish crowners by end of 2021. We have uh, 80 uh, customers. Uh, I think it is, um, it's, almost half and half uh, on the customer space but but um, some of the customers in us are very uh, very large so we have larger 
lots of customers in the US. Um, and what does your business model look like? Are you growing depending on number of users or is it uh, on usage, uh, the, the number of the amount of media that you store or stream or so, or what does that look like? It is um, customers buy uh, and, and SaaS solution and then they buy or pay for for users and they pay a little bit for for the number of, uh, of storage they have in, in, in the solution as well. But it is a true SaaS solution with uh, primarily uh, paying for, 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 for more seats. Okay, so, so is it self-service to, to some extent or is it always an implementation project? Uh, and if so, do you do it yourselves or is there a partner involved? It is always uh, with, with, a, with a small project. Um, it is in the enterprise space and we need to configure. We have no programming uh, implementing these solutions, so it is only configuration. And um, we can configure anything out of the standard solution. So it is a very flexible solution. And the customers love that because every customer is, uh, is kind of di different compared to each other. So, so we can make anything happen in the solution without programming. All right. You just have another question, Thomas. Sorry. Uh, you also ask about uh, about uh, partners. We have several partners. We have partners selling our solution, uh, both in, in Sweden, Denmark, in, in yeah, uh, Europe, and in US, of course. Uh, we have also partners uh, which are able to implement the solution. So, so some of the scale is is done together with partners. Okay, and. Uh sort of how do you divide the responsibility in between what the partner is doing and how you support the customer? Do you also have a customer success team that, that works with sort of uh, ensuring onboarding and um, adoption of the software? Yeah, we have. Um, we have a very strong team, uh, both in Odense, in Denmark and in uh, in US, uh, which are able to support uh, the customers. So the implementation is often made by DigiSuite. Some of our partners are able to do uh, the implementation uh, themselves as well. Um, the partners who are not able to, to do the full implementation, we will support them in, in the project. The project is, is normally from 150 hours to, to uh, around 300 hours. So it, it's, it's quite easy to, to come around. It's, it, it's, it's easy to work within the solution, both for us, for the partners and for the customers. Right. Really cool and really exciting journey that you guys have been on to. And uh, uh, also, we know that obviously last Friday, uh, you, you guys became a publicly traded company. So big congratulations on that. That's, that's quite the achievement. And, and this is the main theme of, of today. Like we, we wanted to ask you a little bit around this. Why did you guys choose to do an IPO? Why now? Why at this point in time? It's a very good question, Daniel, because we... Uh, it, it was not our plan plan A, to be honest. Um, we didn't want to be that public. Uh, so we, we have had many conversations with American investors. Uh, they reached out to us almost every week to to be part of this journey with DigiSuite. And, um, and we, we saw also a potential in going in that direction, but we could see it would be that they wanted to, to own most of the company. Some of them wanted to buy the company and, and we were not ready to sell the company. We, we think we have a very strong team. We are on a, on a fantastic mission. I think we have a, a strong plan. We want to execute that. We want to, to show the world that we can make a very uh, strong company out of Denmark, out of the Nordics. So, um, so when we have had these uh, talks with different kind of investors, 
we decided to to change the plan and go uh, for the IPO. We decided that definitely in November last year. So six months from here, we we started the planning, and then we have been executing uh, the plan very very uh, very hard. Uh, we are a very mature company. I think uh, we are very experienced in in uh, not not in going public. None of us have been uh, been on, on that journey before, but. But we have tried a lot in, in, in the investor space. So I think we were quite good uh, prepared for, for doing the work. Yeah. So uh, w- what does it take to, to prepare for this? You said that you, you guys started this in November. Like, can you walk us through a little bit the, the exercise between November and, and now or, or last Friday, so to say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's very important to know exactly uh, how your business is working in, in all aspects. So, so please give yourself that help that you that you start in 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 being very clear on what are you doing for whom are you doing that uh, what is your model for for the economic impact uh, how can you deal with your customers how can you grow your business so you have you need to be be quite mature um, to start that process and and when you are that it is to define um, a project team actually Different kind of roles you need to, uh, to, to, to work with. We, we need to choose an, an certified advisor. We, we chose, uh, Norton uh, CF in Denmark. They are very experienced in, in bringing companies, small companies on the, on the NASDAQ first north. So, uh, so we have got a, a strong journey together with them. And then we need, you need to build the material. You need to build the case, build the messages, um, everything around the case. You need to build that from, not from the beginning because you have something uh, in advance, but but we build it up together with with our advisor. You need to to find um, the right investor setup. Uh, who do you want to to be something for? Uh, who do you want you want want to join you in in this process? And actually, we we made um, a two step process where we wanted to change a little bit in the owner structure before the IPO. So we sold some shares back in uh, December. Uh, uh, we, we, we actually changed in the, in the ownership. So we, we transformed. Uh, so we get, we got two investors out of the, um, the, the ownership and we got the new investors on board. Okay. So for example, bank invest in, in, uh, in Denmark, they bought a, a lot of shares at that time and have been one of the corner investors uh, since, uh, since that. that. Then we, we, we started building the material. It is a huge project. You need to, to write almost 150 uh, pages in, in, um, in a company description. You need to have a company description, uh, company brochure, IPO brochure. You need a lot of presentations for, for the market. You need presentations for the, for the webinars you are, you're going to attend. We have had 11 webinars. We need to, um, to, to deal with that as well and, and, and prepare that. Uh, we have made some videos, um, videos for different purposes in, in the process, uh, an investor video, a, a company video, uh, small videos for, for commercial um, stuff. We have made a lot of uh, marketing material uh, to uh, social media. So a lot of things was going on. And then you need to prepare the diligence because you have a lawyer. Uh, going into every every part of, of the company to secure that 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 you are a well-driven business. Uh, I think some some of the ones going on the IPO in in Denmark has not done the same work that we have done. Uh, 
they, they have been a little bit more light and, and, and that can give some problems afterwards. So we wanted to, to go the full way to make it like a, a real IPO with all what it takes. All right. Yeah, seems that you have done a, a thorough job here. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that I'm curious about is how big a company do you have to be in order to go for an IPO? Is there a certain size? I mean, you're still quite small. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say around that? Actually, we are one of the biggest on the first north in Denmark. So, and I, and I think we are small. So I, I agree with you, Thomas, that we are a small company. I think the size for Diddy Suite is a perfect size for going public because we, we have been growing 600% for the last four years in our ARR and we will grow 400% for the next coming years and we are very confident in our numbers. So we think we have the team to, to make the journey. SAS Nordic is growing and now we're launching a unique peer-to-peer -peer community on Slack. My name is Nina, I'm the SAS Nordic Community Manager and I would like to invite you to join this exciting forum. This will be the place to network, collaborate and share knowledge with other SAS professionals in the Nordics. The SAS Nordic community is free and open to everyone working in Nordic SAS companies. Come join us at sasnordic.com, we can't wait to have you on board. You know, when you're looking at being listed is there different if you are a SaaS company that has that ARR and you can show that you have that you know security in in upcoming income compared to if you are another kind of company maybe a consultancy or you have other kinds of business that isn't that predictable so has that been an advantage for you guys when you are went for the IPO yeah, it has. It was very easy to sell the shares, uh, both in the first trade we made back in uh, in December. Uh, we, we sold for almost 80 million Danish kroners uh, in, in two days, actually. So, and the IPO has been very uh, successful as well. We were oversubscribed with 276%. Um, so we are very satisfied about that. Um, I think I think when you are a subscription-based uh, business, it is much easier both for us but also for the investors to to see what will come um, and what are you investing in. Um, I think some other companies have more difficulties in in showing the path for success because they need to find new customers every day and and they start from the beginning every year. All right. So, so here is also a really new big question. So, no, I, I'm not that experienced in the stock market and everything. So, I mean, if people buy the stock, if if the value uh, goes up, does that mean that you have more money to spend uh, at Digi Suite with expanding the company, or is it just that the valuation uh, increases so the stockholders, you know, have will get more money for <laughs> for their stock? Yeah, it, it's a very good question. Um, we, we have got uh, 55 million Danish crowners on our account uh, from the IPO. So that is the money we need to grow the business over the next two to three years. So we will grow fast for the next coming years. Our, um, our valuation on, on, the, on the stock, um, is, uh, it, it will, it will uh, go higher and lower. It, it, it depends on, on, on uh, the demands uh, for, for, for our shares. Um, we want to, to give everyone a good journey, uh, a, a, a strong journey together with Didi So we hope for a higher valuation year over year, but it, it doesn't matter for the growth of the company. We will not get any further money out of that. Uh, only if we want to, to get a new capital raise from the, from the NASDAQ. 
Okay, so so it was the initial IPO that gave you sort of yeah. uh, the money to be able to continue expanding. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned, CERN here that you, you worked with a financial institution uh, to help you with this process. Yeah. C- can you talk a little bit about what's the role in this? And, and for other people that want to go through this process, now that you've gone through it, yeah. like what do you need to look for when, when picking the right partner? Because there's quite a few of them that claim they can help you. Yeah, exactly. We, we um, uh, had a selection process uh, going through three different kind of partners. So we, we talked to them, we met with them, and uh, then we decided to go with it with Norton CF, and I'm very satisfied about that. Um, I think what's needed is they need to have the right network. They need to know a lot of great uh, investors out there, uh, the more the better. Um, and then they need to have strong a strong structure around the process going on. Uh, they need to know exactly what, what's, what should happen this week and next week and the coming weeks. So you need to have a strong plan together with them where we just need to execute within the plan. Um, so, so they know they are very experienced and, and most of them are in, in, in uh, making uh, uh, businesses public. So, so we have been, uh, we have been very confident in, in the way they have done it together with, with Diddy Suite. So, so I think we have had a smooth plan. Of course, you have always some uh, challenges and some obstacles on the way. We've had some partners uh, trying to help us. It was not uh, uh, always successful. Uh, we, we, we haven't got the PR, PR we had expected, but, but even though we have been successful in, in being uh, oversubscribed, so that, that's, that's fine. Right, right. And uh, one thing that I've always been wondering is that how important is it to understand the Rolodex of their, call it, existing investors am i picking somebody that i know that they can put me in front of the right investors or how does that work i I think it is a very interesting uh, question because it is so important to get the right investors on board we have just to mention some of them bank invest from denmark is our second largest investor today uh, after after my holding company with my family and then we have um, a large fund from Germany, a very strong German uh, capital fund and investment fund. Uh, they are they are in the game, both of them, for the long long term. We have strategic investment, also an listed company. So I think we have got some very very strong uh, institutional investors on board, and I'm so happy about that. And then we have a lot of um, strong family uh, family companies. Uh, family investment companies um, behind us. And of course, we have a lot of retail investors. I think some of the retail investors is more in the game for the, for the, 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 the money. They want to, uh, to get in and get out fast. And that's, that's also part of the game. But we want to have these corner, corner investors, uh, and serve them during the process. Right. And, uh, I've been watching this sometimes from the sidelines and some of the businesses that I've been in and, and, can you tell us a little bit, you mentioned you guys did a lot of virtual roadshows or the webinars. Yeah. Like all these investors that you, you sat in front of, like what are they looking for? What, what are the, some of the key things that they're looking for to validate that, yes, CERN and his team here, this is where I want to put my money? Also a very good question. I think uh, most of the questions and most of the things they were um, uh, very focused on was the team. Um, the, the team behind Diddy Suite, and we have a very strong team. 
uh, when if, if if someone asked me last year in November uh, what is the main challenge for Tidus Suite going forward when you get all the money and everything, and I will say that it is to to get the right people on the bus at the right time, and we succeeded from day one. We succeeded. We, we made the plan in November, uh, and we started uh, the process before the IPO because we wanted to su- support the company in the best possible way. So we, as I said in the beginning, have employed 15 new, very, very well-skilled, experienced growth hackers uh, people in, in, the, in the company during, um, during this year. And to give you some examples, um, uh, you know Episerver in Sweden, I believe. Yes. It is a very great Swedish company. They are owned by Inside Ventures in New York today. But some, um, we, we got Johan Jarval in our board two years ago. He was the CCO from Episerver on a global scale. Some of his people in Episerver in US, um, we have employed them. Uh, Johan stopped at Episerver and many others stopped because of, yeah, many things happened. So we have got our sales team in the North America is actually some of the rock stars coming out of, of Episerver. Dean Reed, Dan Polowski, Grant, uh, every, uh, all these uh, fantastic uh, guys and, and girls. We, we get on board uh, in US and we have a very strong team in Europe as well. So. So that was some of the main things we should uh, we should solve, um, um, and that, that was so important for us. Um, it was the team, and, and it, it is also the the business model to understand how is the model built, um, the can, economic uh, engine behind the company. So, Tidisweet being a SaaS company, that was very important for many of of the investors. It was also important for them that we are a growing company with with strong customer cases uh, around the world. Some of the customers we can't mention in regards to an IPO because they don't want to be, uh, yeah, part of that. But uh, but um, we have strong strong customer cases around the world, and that is so important as well. And the lastly, lastly, we are recognized by both Gartner and Forrester, the two biggest research companies in the world. That has been very important for many of them as well. That that they see Digitweed as a as a strong, strong global company. So did the investors in general understand the business model around SaaS and, uh, and so, or did you have to sort of explain the, the benefits and... Uh... It, it, the institutional investors understand it from the beginning and some of the retail investors uh, asked a lot of questions around that. So we need to to explain it again and again. And and we have one problem in, in, the, in the company is that it is, for us, it is a little bit difficult to explain um, the, the retail investor exactly what we are doing so they understand it within 20 seconds. So we need we need a few more minutes to to explain what we are doing and 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 how this is how uh, how this is uh, so important for for many many customers out there. So on another note, uh, in terms of compliance and regulations, when you are going public, did you have to make any changes to your business or operations? We have made a few changes, but, but I think we were quite mature in that uh, range as well. We have two uh, persons in our board, uh, and uh, we, we have more persons in the board, but, but two persons uh, which is um, familiar with uh, being public. Uh, Michael Kuhn, he's living, he's a Dane living in US for, for the last 12 years. He has been public with two companies over there, two American companies where he was in the board. Uh, we have... Um, Lena Sorensen, she is um, CCO in Trifork. They will also go public within the next coming month in, in, in Denmark on the main market. Uh, she has been public with Trifork before. Uh, so they have been very valuable in, in, um, in, 
in helping us to become full compliant in everything we do. So then we have had a very strong lawyer on the case and, and they were also very, very experienced in exactly what to do and when to do it. So today we are full compliant in, in any aspects um, around the IPO and, and being public. Yeah, and um, there's something happening in, in, in Denmark right now in the, in the Danish tech scene with quite a few IPOs, uh, some huge ones, some smaller ones, but there's certainly something happening. One of the topics that, that we've discussed a little bit is, okay, how, how do you define the right IPO price mm. in order to, 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 to maximize and make sure that you get whatever the goal is, oversubscription or the right valuation? What was your thoughts around this how did you guys look at this exercise yeah also a very good question we i think this is a hot hot topic in denmark right now because some of the ipos is very very high value we have seen valuations on 60 multiplied with the arr or 60 multiplied with just the, the revenue and i think that is uh, that is not a good case um, from the beginning you need to work on that we, we sat down together with our advisors, uh, Norton CEF and, and, uh, and some other advisors we have around our, our company. We sat together with the board and uh, discussed what, what journey do we want to invite people uh, into. And we wanted to give people um, a fair chance of earning some money to have a good journey with Data Suite. Um, we think uh, the, the, we could have set um, at 10 10 multiplied with, with the ARR or 12 as some of our competitors are multiplied in, in the, in the space. The average in, in the SaaS business is around 14.5, uh, multiplied with the AR and we see companies around 20. So when we are growing with approximately 50% last year, uh, some of the reports out there say then you need to calculate with the AR multiplied with 20. We have set a price on eight. So we have set eight multiplied with our AR because we want to start at a fair uh, fair level. It gave us an, an valuation on 200 million uh, Danish kroner. We, we, we expected to land on, on uh, 24 million uh, Danish kroners, but we landed on 25.6. So it has been a little bit more um, cheap for, for investors to buy DigiSuite shares, but we are fine with that. We want to give everyone a good journey with, with, with DigiSuite and therefore we were a little bit conservative about the valuation and I, I hope more companies to come on the IPO side uh, side will be more conservative so we can, can give everyone a, a strong journey in, in the investor space. Okay. Right. So uh, very interesting to, to hear about this. It's um, For me, it's uh, quite of a, a new area to, to learn about. I think we have uh, got the answers to the question we had. So we have uh, another question for you that we are, um, are asking our guests here. And that is, what are you looking for right now at DigiSuite or maybe personally, if you want to <laughs> shout out? Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned that you have found a lot of good talent. Are you looking for more talent or is it other things that you would wish for right now? I think we look always for good talent, but, but the most important part of our journey right now is to look for great new customers. Um, so, so enterprises in Sweden, in Denmark, in Norway, in, in, in Europe, in, uh, in US, that is, that is our, our main focus right now to, to get in touch with as many as possible, 
we know that we can uh, we, we create great value with data suite we can we can um, the efficiency will grow uh, exponential when when you when you uh, implement this solution and you can have new revenue streams around uh, dealing with your content in different kind of, of channels so so we are we are searching for much more great uh, great customer stories out there and what what is your main strategy for expanding internationally is it to grow with partners or do you also employ people to to sell into the new markets or maybe establishing new offices or what does that look like it, it is uh, it is a part of both so we will uh, still grow uh, organically with with employing people in each market so that is part of our strategy so the the people we have employed this year is also people outside denmark primarily uh, my people in the in the markets and then we will grow together with partners uh, we will have a few partners in in uh, in every country um so it it will be yeah the main strategy for for our expansion that is a partner driven strategy okay so exciting times times ahead of you and Speaking about the times ahead of us, Thomas and I are always looking for great guests on the show. You've been uh, great uh, today here, Søren, and we're really privileged to have you here. Who would you like to see on the show next? I think it should be um, um, a woman. So um, it could be my wife. No, 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 it shouldn't be that. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> if it is okay with you, it could be uh, Lena Sørensen from my, from my board. She is CCO for Trifog in, in Switzerland, but she is global, uh, responsible for Trifog. They will go public in, uh, in I think, it, within the next month in the Copenhagen main market. It is a great, great growth story. So if you could yeah, get something out of that story, it could be very interesting for anyone to hear that story, I think. So I don't know if she is ready for that, but I, I, I'm sure she will, she will be that. But, but she is a very strong person and, and very experienced. I think that's that's great. Uh, if she's up for it, we would love to have her here. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. I think we're at the top of our hour. This has been uh, very insightful. Uh, thank you very much for, for taking the time during this first week of, of being public and, and you chit-chat with us. So uh, that's great. Um, again, once again, congratulations to, to the big success and we wish you all the best of luck going forward. Thank you. It's a... Pleasure meeting you both. Yeah, really nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. All right, Daniel. So what are your takeaways from the episode today? There was a few ones, actually. And uh, the first one, I'm laughing a little bit, but I think it's, while it's not SaaS particular, it's super impressive. The fact that Søren has had 11 companies together with his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Like, I don't know if I could survive one, one with my wife, or let me rephrase that, if she could survive why one with me. So I think we forgot to ask him about the secret. Right. How right. <laughs> the secret behind that. So that may be something that we need to do a follow-up on later that, on. That's uh, definitely, that's episode number 48 or something like that. But that was, that was really impressive. Now, all jokes aside, uh, obviously really impressive background. and. For me, again, it it was um, a reminder, a refresher that you don't always have to go the VC way. There's alternative ways to to fuel your company for for future growth, and one of them is obviously going the IPO route. IPO route. So that, that's uh, it's a reminder to all of us that there's multiple ways to to fuel your your company with with more capital to continue that growth journey. What was your big takeaway here today, Thomas? 
I think my big takeaway was that, uh, I mean, often you think that uh, going public is something for, for really large companies, uh, but, um, but understanding that you can be smaller. And when I first thought about it, I found Digisuite kind of small, but as he said, they were the, one of the largest ones on the first north uh, in, in Denmark. So it's quite interesting, I think. I, I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah, no, that's, uh, now that you put it that way, I think it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting takeaway because you think of the, the big Spotify's of this world with billions of valuation, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, and it will for sure be interesting to follow their journey going forward, definitely. And if you want to follow the journey of SAS Nordic, uh, there is all the chances in the world doing so, and you can participate as well. So join our Clubhouse sessions. And tomorrow we're going to talk about social selling, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if you want to know more about that, or maybe you have some strong opinions, you can join it and you can also ask questions to our great panel that you will see there. And also the recording will be available on the SAS Nordic Slack community. And I suggest if you haven't signed up already, go to sasnordic.com. If you work for a Nordic SAS company, there is no reason not to join the community. Uh, I'm sure that you won't regret it. Amen, brother. Preach, preach. <laughs> yes, <laughs> here we go. And, and of course, also to stay tuned with, uh, with what's happening here at SAS Nordic. Follow us on LinkedIn. Yeah, the other social media accounts we have is not so much to <laughs> Yeah, we need to work on those. Uh, but LinkedIn, uh, definitely follow us there. Any more thoughts from your side, Daniel? No, like you just said, Thomas, uh, I'm really personally looking forward to the, to the event here also on, on Friday on social selling. Uh, me, me and my team, we are exploring a lot of stuff here with uh, prospecting via videos and a bunch of other channels. So if you are like me and my team, tune in, there will be a lot of good stuff for you guys. Yeah, and also I just want to say thank you to everyone out there that gives us so much encouragement and good feedback. And also, uh, our, you know, you can reach out to us at any time if there is anything that you think that we can help you guys with. So um, that's what it's all about, uh, helping each other out. Uh, and uh, yeah, see you out there. Definitely. Take care now. See you tomorrow.